0: Uh, I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you could be doing today, but instead you chose and you came out to hear the word of God. Um, I know that the more you study the word, the closer you will get. To the Lord, the more you will grow toward the Lord, all right, and it will be very beneficial to you, okay, because nothing is more important than when you read the Bible because it has so many benefits, all right. Um, it you know, people that when people study the Bible, they can use it. Um, As a way of praise they can use it as a defensive weapon an offensive weapon. They can use it as a way of prayer What do I mean by a defensive weapon or an offensive weapon? Well, you use the Bible to Spread the gospel to teach the Word of God Okay, or you can use it as a defense weapon so that when false teachers come up against you, or when um, unbelievers come up against you, and they try to um, maybe counteract the Bible, or disprove the Bible, and or maybe they just start um, making stuff up and say, oh, that's in the Bible. You could say, wait, hold on red light, that's not in the Bible, or what the Bible really says is this, or actually that's not true because the Bible says this, so you're wrong, all right? And you can use it as a defensive weapon, okay? Studying the word is so important. It is so important, even more important if you are a Christian. Okay. The Bible leads people to Christ. All right. The Bible leads people to Christ. Okay. You'll be surprised on how many people do not believe in God at all. Okay. And yet they find this book, you know, that's called the Bible or they want to find out you know what's so great about the Bible and when they open it up you know they just find it so interesting that they can't even put it down and they just keep reading and reading and reading and reading okay and that just leads them to Christ Jesus that leads them to to the gospel of Jesus and leads them to um, receive salvation all right and you know, so studying the Bible is so beneficial to to a person. You know, you learn more, you gain more knowledge about God, all right, and and about um, and about the Lord's gospel. All right, the Lord loves it when you study His Word because, as I said, you are growing closer to the Lord, you are developing a relationship with the Lord, you know, um, you know, I think personally I think that that is, um, that that is one of the most, that that is one of the three most important things in a per, in in a um christian's personal life all right and their way to getting to heaven is um prayer reading the bible studying the bible and living out the bible okay because they all build on that relationship all right that between you and God all right Um, I know I certainly appreciate it because as much as I enjoy as much as I enjoy doing this podcast you know I think it's very fun um, it's very fulfilling okay Um, I'm not just I'm not only doing this for myself okay I'm doing I'm doing this so that I can help lead others to Christ Jesus so I do appreciate you listening okay so you know I appreciate you listening to um, me read the Bible Um, but I'm going to get right into it what I want to talk to you today is What I want to talk to you today is about um, what will the future generation of Christians be like? All right, for the near distant future, okay, let's say ten years from now. let's say 10 years from now, what will the future generation of Christians be like, okay? Now we know that um, since the beginning of time, we live in a changing world. The world is constantly changing. People are constantly changing, okay? Man is constantly changing, okay. Um, and although we must not be of the world, we still do have to live in this world, even as Christians, okay, and we do Like everyone else in this world, have to adapt. Okay. So if we as Christians have to live in living in this world, if we have to adapt to this world, not conform to this world, do not be mistaken, there is a difference, all right. if we, as Christians, have to change with this world, okay, what does the future hold, or what, what will the future generation of Christians be like? Okay, 10 years from now. You know, I read this article. Actually, um, I would say probably within the past, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I've read more than a few articles saying, oh, the the future of the church looks bleak. Um, Younger Christian statistics say that younger Christians just aren't as passionate about Christ. as they used to be. Um, a huge percent of um, the world's population call themselves Christians but don't actually so called um, live Christian lives. All right, or so on and so on and so forth. Okay. Now, <clears throat> as I read this, I said, "You know," and th- by the way, let me say this before I continue. This, these surveys, these were conducted in America. Okay, this is not like some country where that you know oppresses Christians, like China or or um. Or Russia or North Korea or places in the Middle East okay this this was a this is America where they conducted these surveys all right so anyway as I read these surveys or as yeah as I read these articles I think to myself all right these interviews they some of them may be true okay maybe they did interview some people and maybe these people did say oh yeah you know I consider myself to be Christian but I'm not really a practicing Christian or whatever you know or you know yeah I'm a Christian but I'm not that passionate about being a Christian or whatever and you know, what's, what's even a bit more disturbing than that is, as I said, more than a few times within the past year or two, I hear these articles about these major Christian influencers. And I say Christian influencers with air quotes around it because that's what they call themselves. Christian influencers, all right, or people that call themselves Christians, they are all of a sudden, let's say, after five years of, you know, so called spreading the gospel or speaking positivity about Jesus Christ, they say they renounce their faith and they say, I am struggling with my faith. I I no longer consider myself to be a Christian. I am struggling with my faith. I, I am renouncing my faith. I am going to find my own way. I do not believe that this is what Jesus would want from Christianity, so I am breaking off because Christianity has lost its way, so I am no longer a Christian. And that's what I hear more than a few people say, all right? Within, like I said, the past year or two. And again, as I read these, I say to myself, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. And I'm not when I say I don't believe this, I don't mean like I don't mean that in a way like, oh, I'm shocked type of I don't believe this. I really mean like I do not believe what these people are saying. What do you mean that you don't believe what these people are saying? I mean, they're saying it. How can you not believe what these people are saying? You're you're reading it. Your eyes are are reading it and they are saying it. How can you not believe it? Well, because I believe that there is an explanation for all of this and I'm going to um, get back to my question, my original question. Um, In a little bit. um, What is the future generation of Christians? What will they be like in about 10 years from now? Maybe even longer than that. Okay, I'm going to get back to that, to my original question in a little bit. But I want to say, this is what I mean when I say I don't believe this. Chances are those people. Who are saying oh I am renouncing my faith and all of that nonsense or whatever that you know that they are saying in the articles all of that stuff where they say you know the church the future of the church is looking bleak or whatever or people they consider themselves to be Christians but not practicing Christians. I want to give an explanation for that. And then I'm gonna say why I say that, okay? But those people who are who are saying that, um, oh, I'm renouncing my faith, chances are they were never Christians. They were never Christians, okay? As for them saying the future of the church is looking bleak, that's not true either. That is not true either. The church will always, I don't want to say always prosper, okay? That's not the word that I want to use, okay? Right now, anyway, but the future of the church will never go away. The church will never die. Okay? You can't say the future of the church is looking bleak or or looking bad or um the churches are the church is disappearing. You can't say that. I don't believe that. Okay? And As for all of these people who are saying, you know, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a practicing Christian. All right. Just because your mom or your grandma was a Christian, all right. Just because you used to go to your grandma's house and you used to hear her pray. Or maybe even just because you used to go to church until you were 10 years old. And now you are, let's say, I don't know, 35 years old. That does not mean that you are a Christian. Anybody can say that they are a Christian. It does not take a lot to say, I am a Christian. It's not hard, okay? I don't care what anybody says all right Um, you do not have to have a lot of courage you do not have to be um, very brave to say I am a Christian anybody can say it so for someone to say I'm a Christian but I am NOT a practicing Christian you're not really a Christian you're not a Christian Okay, there's no such thing as a not practicing Christian, it doesn't even make any sense. So, why do I say that? Okay, why do I say that? All right, so I want to go back first to what I said about um, how people says, oh, I am renouncing my faith, all right? And why I said, I don't believe, why I don't believe it, okay? If you turn with me to 2 Corinthians, all right? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Book of 2nd Corinthians. 11, 2nd Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. All right. 2nd Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. Paul writes, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his min- if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of the righteousness of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. That describes the people who I just referred to perfectly. All right. You know, for X amount of years. These so-called Christian influencers, maybe you hear them um, in the churches or maybe even on YouTube. All right. They say, you know. Oh, you have to praise Jesus. Oh, thank God for this. You know, thank God for your many blessings. Thank God that you woke up this morning. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves everybody. You know, thank God. And they barely even speak from the Bible, okay? And they say all of this stuff, you know how God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Okay, and then out of nowhere, a few years later, after they get like millions and millions of views or whatever, or however much is a lot of views, considered a lot of views on YouTube, and after they get all of these views and all of these likes, okay, And everybody's following them and everyone's like, oh, this man, he's a good guy. He's an awesome guy. You know, ah, he loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. He loves God. You know, he's he's a real Christian. You know, he called himself a Christian influencer, but he's still a Christian. You know, woo, woo, woo. And then years later, he says to everybody, I am not really a Christian. I'm giving up my Christianity. I am renouncing my faith. I was never really a Christian. I am struggling with my faith. Christianity has lost its way and this is not what I want to be. All right. And then it's like everything he ever said just went out the window. And now he's hoping that he can try. And bring a lot of these people that followed him with him. That is what you call a false teacher, a false apostle. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Doing the Lord's work. Doing Christ's work. Doing God's work. We should praise God. Thank Him. God loves everyone. It doesn't matter if you sin, you can always come back to God. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, tricking people, having them believe that they are actually apostles of Christ. Transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Whose end will be according to their works. These people, they eventually come out and they say, Oh, everything I said, you know, now I'm against. Their end shall be according to their works. Now, please bear with me because what I'm saying is leading up to my original question, okay? Now, going on to where I say to where I read um, how articles how they say oh the future of the church um, looks looks bad looks bleak is disappearing is fading okay I want to kill that notion right now I don't believe that. The reason why I say I don't believe that. Alright. Is are people destroy is, I wanna want to say this first. Are people destroying churches out there? Yes. In this world, are people persecuting Christians by destroying the church? Yes. They are. Okay. We look at China, China is burning down churches, that they're making it their mission to burn down churches, okay? Um, You look at places in the Middle East, Um, I don't know if they're still doing this, but it used to be on the news how... Um, ISIS were, was using the church building for target practice, all right, with their weapons, okay. Um, I mean, the list goes on all over the world, okay. And you have to remember also that Saul, before he became Paul, Saul, he was doing that same thing. Saul was destroying the church. He was destroying churches. In fact, on his way, and it specifically describes this, on his way to do a raid on a church... is when he received salvation. I mean, this guy, he was ready to do a raid on a church. And when Paul raids a church, I mean, he. He was a true persecutor of Christians. I mean, this guy was. In charge of genocide. Sending people to their death, sending people to to prison. Rounding up Christians, throwing them in the paddy wagon. All right. The Bible doesn't say he threw them in the paddy wagon. All right. But still. Saul, he was feared by all Christians. He was a guy who who on his way to. Do a raid on a church received salvation. Okay, I'm sure for a while. The so-called. Future of the church looked bleak. The churches were disappearing. And again, I'm saying that, you know, term bleak in air quotes and disappearing in air quotes. All right. But I want to say this. Although these, although some churches may be, may be going or maybe fading or whatever, or may, or may be disappearing, all right, you have to realize that, okay, um, In Matthew chapter 16 verses 18, okay, Matthew chapter 16 verses 18, Jesus tells Peter, Matthew chapter 16 verses 18, Jesus tells Peter, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I want to read verses 16 through 18 now because I want to read the verses before that. No, 15 through 18, in fact. He said to them, and he meaning Jesus, he said to them, but who do you say that I am. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. It may seem as though people are Attending church less and less That's what it may seem like in some churches and some cities All right There are some bad pastors out there who are running the church the wrong way and in doing so Their church ends up closing and shutting down because they are not running their church the right way. Yes, there are churches that are being persecuted. All right. Churches that are being burned to the ground. All over the world. All right. In every continent. All right. But the church will never disappear. The church will never Disappear. For the gates of Hades shall not prevail. On this rock, Jesus will build his church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Okay? Now, I want to speak next, alright? And this is simple, alright? Again, as I said before, you know, for people who say, you know, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a practicing Christian, alright? There's no such thing as a non-practicing Christian, alright? Because you cannot have salvation and not live for the Lord. I don't care what you say, all right? I've heard this excuse all the time, you know, oh, Jesus loves me for who I am, you know. Jesus, he loves everybody. He he knows everybody in the world is a sinner, you know. I just happen to sin more than others, but I'm still a Christian, I will get into heaven. All right, if you, I'm gonna say this, if you live a life that is of the devil, you do not live a life that is of the Lord. I'm not gonna say you don't, you. If you don't live a Christian life, no. I'm going to say if you do not live a life that is of the Lord, all right, then you are not a Christian. Because when you receive salvation, all right, you no longer have that will and that desire to sin. And you begin to change. The Holy Spirit enters your life and you are a born again, Christian. you become born again. A new creature in Christ Jesus. And your life begins to change slowly. Yes, doesn't happen overnight. No. All right. But still, you begin to change. And all the sins that you used to do, you start to realize, hey, what I was doing was wrong. alright and when you receive salvation no you will not continue to sin like how you did before you received salvation that is a fact that is undebatable you cannot argue that alright so you cannot say Oh, I'm a sinner. Oh, you know, I um Um yes, I do this and that and this and that and this and that and I know that it is they may be horrible things, but I still believe in God. No. No. Alright there's no such thing as a non-practicing Christian I myself I can go to anybody right now and say hey I'm a Christian no problem I can say that no problem alright what it takes courage to do what it takes bravery to do is say hey I am a believer in Christ Jesus. Hey, I have salvation in the Lord. Hey, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Hey, I have the Holy Spirit. That's what takes courage. That's what takes bravery. But to say, oh, I'm a Christian Anybody can say that, let alone saying, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm just a non-practicing Christian. What is that? What is that? Now, I know it seems like I'm just going on and on about this. Um, this topic and I'm not talking about the question that I originally asked, what will the future generation of Christians be like? But I am getting there. Okay, this does have to do with what, with the question that I had originally asked. Okay, and I say this because that is, because this is, this is a part of um, the generation that we live in now. Okay. You have to understand that. A lot of people in my generation, and I'm 33 years old. I'm 33 years old, and I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ Jesus. Um, I believe in the gospel. Okay, um, I received salvation uh years ago. Um, I was baptized. Okay, but regardless, I mean, still, regardless. All right, um. I'm 33 years old, and I can easily say, you know, oh, this younger generation, you know, they don't know anything, you know, this younger generation, you know, they they don't they don't believe in Christ anymore. Oh, this younger generation, uh, this 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 that and the other, woo woo woo, you know. But you know what? People who are Let's say my mom's age. Her age, okay. People in her sixties. And I say my mom's age because, you know, she's just a part of my gen my my the generation that came before me, I should say. Okay. Um You know what? I'll take that back. She's not. Um, let's say somebody who is in their fifties, their mid fifties, late fifties, okay. Cuz if I'm not mistaken, I think a new generation happens every 25 years. I don't know how that works exactly, but I think a new generation happens every 25 years. But anyway, let's say that somebody who was who is about in the mid-50s um late 50s they look at me and they say oh you know this you you don't you don't know anything about Christ Jesus you know uh that's the way how you worship God nowadays that's not how you worship God you know uh, you you all want to you know want want to have the wanna read from the NIV version, you know, the, the new international version. You know, if you really a Christian, you're gonna read from the King James version, you know. Um, the, the stud, you know, you you all you know the way the things you do nowadays, blah, 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 blah. okay? <laughs> and it's kind of funny, you know, but in the generation before them, I'm sure those people who are let's say 70 years old Okay, they were probably saying to the generation before them, you know, um, they were probably saying to the generation ahead of them, rather, I should say, you know, oh, you know, you guys, you don't know anything, you know, you call yourself Christian and you guys are listening to this, you know, contemporary Christian music. You guys are, are calling yourself Jesus freaks and, and you guys are are doing this and you no, know, that's just making fun of the Lord. That's blasphemy. <laughs> okay. So, point I'm trying to make is, you know, just because they're a younger generation, all right, that doesn't make them that doesn't mean, rather, I should say that they can't be Christians, like you or me, or like the generation before me, or like the generation before them, or dating back all the way to the 1800s or the 1700s. That does that just because they're a younger generation. That doesn't mean that they can't be a Christian like those who came before them okay now do they do some things that you know is a bit different than the generations before them yes they do <laughs> yes they do alright there are some things that I see the generate, that that I see the newer generations um, do, that I think is kinda, I don't wanna say strange, but just different, you know? And I'm just used to doing it a certain way. I was taught growing up to do things, to live, um a certain way. I was taught um a certain way um in a Christian household. So it's just some things that stick with me, okay? Um Proverbs twenty two Verses six says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it Okay, so yes, there's just some things that stick with me All right Some things I can adapt to yes. All right. I understand that Okay That's why I understand that you that's why I say that you know, you can't put down Um, these newer generation of Christians. You can't. Alright? As I said, do they do things differently? Yes, they do. Okay? But Christianity will never die out. It won't. Christianity will always be there, will always be here, rather I should say, until Christ Jesus returns for his people. Whether it be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 15 years from now, I mean, 50 years from now, all right? Will things change a little bit in the way how they worship? I believe it will. I believe that, you know, 50 years from now, yes, people will be doing things different, but the gospel will stay the same. The gospel will stay the same. And the fact that you need Christ Jesus to get into heaven will stay the same. Okay. It will. Well, how do I know that? How do I know that the gospel will always stay or rather I should say, no, what I meant to say was, how do I know that 50 years from now, Christianity will still be here? I mean, Christians are constantly being persecuted, all right? No one else is persecuted more than Christians. How do I know that 50 years from now? Christianity will still be here, all right? Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 16, verses seven. Book of John, chapter 16, verses seven. All right? Book of John, chapter 16, Verses seven. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. All right. So you see, when Jesus had died on the cross and he had ascended into heaven, okay, he left behind us a helper. Who was the helper? The Holy Spirit. Okay, now go back a little bit with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, forever. The spirit of truth whom the Lord cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Notice I put it an emphasis on the word forever and how I put an emphasis. On the part where i said the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. And when i put an emphasis on but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You see What I'm getting at is the Holy Spirit will always be here. When Christ died, he left behind the Holy Spirit for all generations. When Christ Jesus died, he left behind the Holy Spirit for his apostles' generations. Okay? For Matthew, Mark, Luke... Um John Peter Um Paul the Holy Spirit you look at the Holy You look at the Holy Spirit through um Christianity in in, in, in the Middle Ages people started wars over Christianity okay People change the game of Christianity. What do I mean by that? People, all right, Christianity, yes. Over time, people have proved, generations, rather, I should say, has proved how, yes, they do things differently, but the gospel remained the same. All right? All right. Look at Martin Luther on his thesis of 99 I think it's like 99 ways how a Christian should live and how the church should be. All right, um, I need to read more into that. Um, but I mean, he was a true pioneer in Christianity, all right? What we call Christian contemporary music now, all right? Martin Luther in the Middle Ages, he was responsible for Christian contemporary, all right? The gospel remained the same The belief belief in Christ Jesus remained the same. Okay? The Bible remained the same. But as the world changed, we as Christians had to change with it. The generation changed too. But the Holy Spirit stayed the same. Okay? Okay? fast forward it to today or rather let's say the 1700s 1800s they had the great awakening and the second great awakening for those of you who don't know that's Basically, that was a time when a whole bunch of Christian preachers had emerged up out of nowhere and they started preaching the gospel with passion. And there are a lot of famous, great preachers that are still known to this day. That was a shining moment for Christianity. All right. That was one of Christianity's finest hours. Was the great insect was a. Great Awakening and the Se- second Great Awakening, when people were spreading the gospel and the world had changed. People were becoming Christians left and right. Fast forward to the 1900s. Okay, you got you have guys like Billy Graham. Okay. Look how he preached the gospel. Led millions of people to Christ. And then in the early 70s, you had the whole Jesus movement. All right. Where, you know, people. Could really see how. How things were changing. How things were changing in Christianity. Like I said, the gospel remained the same. But as times changed, so did Christianity. All right. And then you fast forward to today. Same thing. Now, throughout all of that time, although the Holy Spirit was always there, was always there. Yes, there were also false prophets and false teachers All right, and people who thought that they could use the Bible to their own benefit. All right, and (laughs) there. there were, rather I should say, there are still people like that today, okay? But I can tell you right now that you can't say, oh, we're living in a godless world now. This country has forgotten about God. Or this used to be, you know, the most Christian country in the world but now it's like there's no more Christians here. Everyone has forgotten about God. This new generation is just so lost. I don't see it like that. That's not true. Yes, people are doing things a bit different in the church. Not necessarily for for the bad, not necessarily for the worst, okay? As I said, the gospel will always stay the same, okay? But you have to understand that new generations like to do things, need to do things their way. Because if you want to lead people to Christ, we have to keep their attention, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. As long as we keep the gospel the same. Now, yes, other people, they will try to twist the gospel to try and trick people. And that does happen in today's world. Okay. As I explained earlier. Okay. But Christianity will never leave. Not 10 years from now, not 50 years from now. All right. If a child, if if you if you are a Christian household and you raise a child up as a Christian, as a believer in God, as I said earlier, Proverbs chapter 22, verses six. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay. Now, yes, everybody has to receive salvation for themselves. All right. No parents can. Can, you know. um, Give a child, give their child salvation. Can save their child from hell. Okay, but if you train up a child right. All right. He won't. It will be much easier for him. To. To be closer to Christ Jesus. Is the only way I really know how to put it. If you raise up your child, newer generation, correctly, then that child, it will be easier for that child to grow closer to Jesus. All right. We have to understand that right now, somewhere in a hospital right now, there is a baby being born that will one day be a future Christian leader. All right. There's a baby right now being born in a hospital that will one day be a future Christian leader. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, there is somewhere right now a baby being born that may one day be a false prophet. Or a false teacher. It may not be something that we want to know. Or we want to know. Yes, correct. That's what I meant. But it's the truth. So this is going to be a two-part episode. Because I'm not finished yet. So I'm going to close right here with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, O Lord God. Thank you for the reading of your word pray, O oh Lord, that you just continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the reading of your word, O oh Lord. And Lord God, just continue to give us the will and the want to and the desire and the passion to continue to study your word, Lord God. I thank you for everything that you have done for us, Lord God. I thank you for your many blessings, O oh Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gospel, O oh Lord God, that we may speak it, O oh Lord.